November 5th, a man shot 27 folk. And he just so happened to not kill 20 of them, but he wounded them. The presiding bishop of the Church of God and I went to Emmanuel AME Church in Charleston, South Carolina. I went into the Bible study area where a young boy, 17 years old, said these black folks were so nice to him he started not to kill them. And he took a pistol out of a book bag and shot eight folks, including the pastor. This didn't happen in Iraq, uh, Iran, or Saudi Arabia, or North Korea, but in the United States of America, while folks worshiping God, and when that baby was singing about the name of Jesus, I thought about people died in a church and some of us, and that maybe not here, but in America, there are people that want to turn down your worship and turn down your praise. Lady Gaga drunk a pint of blood and people went bananas screaming and hollering. The rock and roll group Kiss used to take animals and bite their heads off and people go berserk but they want us to come to church and cross our arms and fold our legs and get irritated at somebody. Wait, wait, let me read it again. On November 5th, let me read it because this is, this, this ain't fake news. They had 27 funerals on November 5th, 2007, on Sunday morning, I'm not even going to mention the man's name because his name is not important. But you got folks in churches in America that want you to just sit there and don't preach before my football game come on or my baseball game come on because I don't want to be here but so long. And 27 folk died on a Sunday morning somewhere between just as I am and how great thou art. And you got folks that want you to not worship your God based on how God gave you grace when he should have gave you judgment. You got folk that don't want you to lift your hands when God lifted you out the mire clay. You got folk that look at you funny when you shout glory to God. And they don't know what you've been through in your childhood. They don't know what you've been through in your teenage years. They don't know what you've been through in the last week. If I didn't praise the Lord, I'd lose my mind. I need somebody in this room to look back over your shoulder and say how great thou art. If God's not done anything for you, 
I understand you're sitting down and folding your arms and you want to hurry up and get to the ball game. But if God did more than take a pigskin cross a chalk line, if God did more than hit a ball over a fence, if God did more than hit a basket in a hoop, I want you to take about 30 seconds and praise and blow the roof off this house. Go on and praise him. Praise him for them 27 people that can't praise him. Praise him for those 20 people that got shot. Let everything that hath breath. Lady Gaga ain't got nothing on Jesus. Kiss ain't got nothing on Jesus. The Beatles ain't got nothing on Jesus. Cardi B ain't got nothing on Jesus. Michael Jackson ain't got nothing on Jesus. The Cardinals, somebody help me praise it. Glory to God. Lift up your hands with me. We remember 27 folk that got killed on Sunday morning. And we remember them with a feeling of obligation that we're praising in their place. We remember those that were shot and killed and persecuted in the early church in North America. Eggs were thrown at them. Tomatoes were thrown at them. People shot into their tents and brushed up Brush Harbor revival areas. We, we praise with a memory connected to it. To preachers who lived in dismal conditions, shotgun homes, raggedy cars, going up and down the highway trying to give somebody hope. We remember those that died in the actual church building God having some better thing. We remember our aunts and uncles, our moms, our dads, our grandparents who told us that they were looking for a city whose builder and maker was God. Right now we remember them and we feel an obligation to praise the God that brought them out, brought them up, and brought them over. And we say Jesus will never forget. I want you to just close your eyes and think about folk take a whole steak and throw it in the trash. Take a whole plate of food, take two or three bites, and then throw it in the trash. Think of those that live in a house so big that their rooms in their homes that they haven't been in in months or maybe years. Got more cars then they got keys for. And I want you to thank God for the little house that you got, the car that you have, the food that you have. Thank God for the clothes that you have. I may not have the best threads in town, but thank you for what I do have. I may not have the biggest house on the block, but thank you for the house that I do have. I thank you for everything you made happen in my life, and I owe you the glory. Give God a big old hand clap of praise and be seated if you can.
Please be seated. That song really got to me. And when I think about the Lord and how he raised me and saved me, it make me want to shout. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I don't know how folk go through this life without Jesus. I don't understand how they spell relief. Well, they spell it with alcohol. They spell it with opiates. They, 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 they spell relief with cocaine, with marijuana. They spell relief in ways that I could not imagine that could give you relief. But everybody in this room that's been born again, I go to the rock. When my heart is overwhelmed, I go to the rock. And I'm sober today and I'm grateful today because I feel that I have an obligation to worship God for people that didn't get the opportunity to. For people that are at the Mayo Clinic and they throw up in the morning, they throw up in the evening, and they throw up all during the night. And they wish that they could be in your chair. For people that have sick children and they pray all night long that some miracle would come so that their baby could get out of that bed and walk again and play again. They would give anything they got for their child to be able to walk and run like other normal children. I saw a kid recently who was as bald-headed as your kneecap, and that child cancer was all over that child's body. And I looked at that child, and that child was laughing and, and, and having fun and not knowing. The mama told me that the doctor had already given them it won't be long and your child's not going to be here. Am I talking to anybody? Am I getting through to anybody? But that child was just as joyful and just as happy and just as playful and cancer was just all over that child's body. And I thought to myself, you know what? That child is going through cancer. And that child have good days. And that child have bad days. But right now, that child don't look like it's nothing wrong with him because that child is just enjoying Jesus. And those of us that are well and strong and got strength and got power, we ought to not be complaining. We ought to be lifting up our voices and praising God for people that don't have what we have. And that's the strength and the power to brush your own teeth and comb your own hair and put on your own clothes. I know that's normal for you, but that will be a miracle for somebody else. Praise God. Boy, that name of Jesus messed me up. The name of Allah don't do nothing for me. Muhammad don't do nothing for me. Being a Muslim don't do nothing for me. But being a child of the Most High God, it does something inside of me woo, that I cannot explain. God had a million reasons to get rid of me and he didn't take one of them lift up your hands and 
Well, I've just been in the church all my life. Just because you've been in the church don't mean the church been in you. <laughs> Methuselah lived to be how old? 969 years. But guess, guess what he was known for? Nothing. <laughs> he just, <laughs> my God, just breathing in good air, walking around in nice clothes. David killed lions, bears, and giants. Huh? Daniel was in the lion's den. Meshach, Shadrach, and a bad Negro in the fiery furnace. And all Methuselah did was got old. And I don't want to live just to get old. I want to live to make disciples. I want to live a meaningful life. Filled with unselfishness. Filled without a big ego. Talking about look at what I got and look at how much money I got. I want to live a life that was all about Jesus. Come on, give him one more praise. Let's get right into the word of the Lord. I usually don't get that messed up. But I got real messed up. These young folks sang. I want y'all to know I've been around the world three times and all over the United States. And I'm telling you what, everybody ain't got it like y'all got it. Whatever y'all got, you better keep it. And you better not let it get too far away from you. Because what I sense and feel amongst you is a real sincere desire to know God as God knows you. I feel that unfinged faith, that real faith that's been tried by fiery trials. And in spite of what you've been through and what you're going through, the old lady said, hallelujah anyhow. Praise the Lord. The word of the Lord to us, thank you, Pastor Brian, for this amazing invitation. This is the first time I've been in West Virginia on an itinerant meeting, but I tell you what, I'm so up, I've been so upset with the Lord, I said, why you ain't let me come to West Virginia before now? You let me get to the point where I can't shout like I want to shout. Because I've got these quarantine pounds. How many of you got these quarantine pounds? I, I'm the, I call myself in Atlanta during from March till now. I call myself Chef Black RD. I'm the best chef anywhere. I've been cooking and, and experimenting and I've put some things together, my dog looked at it and shook his head and backed up. But I'm getting better every day. I've learned how to have joy in my captivity because I know something good is going to come out of this and something good is going to happen in the church. Somebody say praise the Lord. I've been dealing with the last few nights, I've been dealing with where we are. And I believe that we are being perfected. And I believe that not only is God perfecting us, I believe God is also completing a work inside of us. That he's doing a work in us. And if it were told us 
what God was going to do on the other side of what we're going through, many of us would not believe it. But God is doing a work in us, and I want him to complete it. And I want him to finish it because I want us to have the attitude and I want us to have the mindset to do what these words say on the walls of this church. Look to your right and my left or my left and your right. I believe after this, we're going to encounter God. We're going to equip believers. We're going to empower followers. And we're going to engage. How many of you are ready to fulfill the purpose that God put on this house? We are the dream team. And let me tell you something about a team. A team means that we work together for a common goal. And whenever you become a part of a team, it means the best idea has to win. When it's just me, my idea has to win. But when I'm a part of a team, the best idea has to win. And that's what we want at this great church. God's purpose to win. For God to get the glory and for God to get the victory. And so today I have carefully prayed and asked God to give me what to say and how to say it. And we're going to carefully examine Corinthians chapter number 10 and then 2 Peter chapter number 1. And I'm going to share with you in this teaching this morning how to maximize life's broken situations. Because in life, there is going to be, there is no such thing in life as if trouble is coming. There is only when trouble is coming. And Jesus said that the man that built his house on the rock was well prepared for the storm. But he dug deep and then he built his house on the rock. And when the storm came, the house stood the test. But the other individual that built his house on the sand, when cancer came, when addiction came, when trouble came, great was the fall of his house. And so I want to deal with how to pick up the pieces and maximize your life. How many of you are ready to maximize your life in God? Not maximize your credit card. Not maximize friendships with toxic people. But I want you today to understand that we need to live our lives to the max. And get the most out of our relationship with God. Get the most out of trusting God. Get the most out of a joy-filled life. And a heart full of worship and praise and gratitude and honor. I'm talking to people that are ready to put your foot on the gas. And zoom out of depression and fear and insecurity. And you are ready to live the God kind of life. In, second, in Corinthians chapter number 10. The Bible reads like this. Corinthians chapter number 10. All right, let me get there. Verse 13. There hath 
I believe they'll put, there it is, they put it on the screens. Thank God for an amazing media ministry. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But notice this phrase, but God is faithful. <sighs> I'm starting to enjoy my own cooking already. Nothing has happened in your life that somebody somewhere that's serving the same God you're serving, everybody has been through something. I used to say it when I was a young preacher. A Christian is like a tea bag. They're not worth anything until a little hot water hit them. And if you're a real child of God, everybody everywhere is going through something at some point somewhere in life. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make a way of escape. And this is very important, that you may be able to bear it. God doesn't want you to commit suicide. God doesn't want you to slit your wrist or cut your body. God wants you to know that I'm not faithful when you get outside of it. I'm faithful while you're in it. Many times we want God to open the prison and bring us out. But in many cases in life, God opens the prison and comes in. That's what he did to the Hebrew boys. God didn't just snap his finger and distinguish the fire. God walked in the fire while they were in it. God could have delivered them from it. But God wants you to be delivered in it. Because when you're delivered in it, you can look at the devil and say, Nah, 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 nah. The God that is with me will never leave me and will never allow you to get the victory in my life. Somebody lift your hands and say it. You can take it. You can take it. You got what it takes in order to make it through the valley in the shadow of death. Let me tell you why. Let's go to 2 Peter. I'm going to tell you why I know you can take it. I got some soul food from Georgia. And I'm going to tell you how I know you can make it. Oh, Brother Ziegler, tell me how you know I'm going to make it. Well, if you go with me to 2 Peter... I'm going to tell you how to make it. 2 Peter, chapter number 1, I believe it is. 2 Peter, chapter number 1, and it reads like, and I want to go back, if you would, uh, my amazing PowerPoint person. I want to read verse 3, and I want to show you in the Bible that you got it. Can I talk to you young folks? You got that sauce. You got that drip. You got it. The devil know you got it. You got it. You got the it factor. You got what it takes. Let's look at verse 3. And the Bible said, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. 
In other words, God gave you the advantage. God gave you the power. He gave you all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that had called us to glory and virtue. Now let's go to verse number 10. Now notice that word there. God gave you all things that pertain to life and godliness. I've given you everything you need. If you got to face Nebuchadnezzar, I've given you everything you need. If you got to face Goliath, I've given you everything you need. If you got to face Saul, I've given you everything you need. If you got folks talking about you and gossiping and stabbing you in the back and threatening you, I've given you everything you need. And then watch this. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you'll never stumble. King James says, never fall. You mean to tell me God is able to keep me from falling and present me faultless? Before You mean to tell me I can live above being offended? I can live beyond being hurt and, and I can go through divorce and I can go through separation and I can go through rejection and abandonment? You mean to tell me I can make my calling and election sure. And if I do these things, what things? What things are you, what, what, what are the things? Let's go back to verse number three. And let's see what those things are. You mean to tell me I can live without stumbling and falling for the devil's okie doke For the devil's lie and his deception? Well, watch this. Again, I'm going to just read it. I'm going to just read it in my flow. He has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Now, let's go to about verse number four. Whereby are giving unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye may, might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Now let's get into what's going to put me in a position where I never stumble. Watch this. And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to your virtue knowledge, to your knowledge temperance, to temperance patience, to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound that make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse number nine. But he that lacks these things is blind and cannot see and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. And so if you would just Add to your life faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, godliness, godliness, 
brotherly kindness. No matter how folk treat you. No matter what folks do to you. Well, I, well, I, I'm going to leave you. Well, don't let the dough hit you. Anyway, you have to add to your life. Well, well, I don't want to, I'm going to take my ball and go home. Look, baby, you ain't got the only ball in town. You, you, you got to get to the point where people no longer handcuff you to their manipulation. Where no longer you are a prisoner to people's money or their power. Because if God be for you, he know where the money is. He know where the favor is. He knows where the grace is. You got to get to the point where you add to your life. By maximizing God and not your credit card. Where you maximize God and not alcohol. Where you maximize God and not run to pornography whenever you get nervous or whenever you get triggered or whenever you feel overwhelmed. I need a drink. I need a smoke. I need some meth. I need some pills. You got to maximize God when your life is unmanageable. And when you get in trouble, stop running to the phone and run to the throne and let God give you everything that pertains to life and godliness. Put verse 3 back up there. Put verse 3 back up there. Watch this. He has given to us all things. He's given you everything to beat addiction. He's given you everything to beat codependency. He's given you everything to beat, I got to have a man. I got to have a woman. Let me tell you what you got to have. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. I told a woman the other day, she said, I need a man, a man, a man. I got to have a man, a man, a man. I said, honey, go to the store and get you a pair of Levi's and hang them up in your closet and tell God, put them pants on the man that you want me to have. <laughs> I said, go, to, go get the size pants you want. And don't you put them on a man. You let God. Put it on him. Because God is not going to give you Bobo the fool. Or Bozo the clown. He's going to give you everything that pertains to life. Woo -woo. God's not selling wolf tickets. God is not going to give you a man you got to run after. God's going to give you a man that's running after him. God don't want you to have a woman that you got to buy Gucci and Fame and Louis. God wants you to find a woman that's seeking God and praising God. Don't you run after nobody and make a fool out of yourself. And so we got to maximize it. And how do we do it? God, you promised. That you would give me all things that pertain to life. And when God says Zoe, the God kind of life, what does he mean? Peace in your mind. Shake your head like a black woman with a jerry curl. Ain't nothing like peace in your mind. 
Ain't nothing like going to bed at night knowing that ain't nobody looking for you. Ain't nobody out to get you. Ain't nobody else. You didn't get your stuff on a dishonest way that everything you got, you got it honest. You got it the right way. And you ain't got to look over your shoulders. I'm talking about the life of God. And then he said, godliness. Lean forward. Lean forward. Lean, lean forward. Gossip is not one of the fruits of the spirit. Yeah. Gossip. Jealousy is not a fruit of the spirit. Insecurity is not a fruit of the spirit. Envy is not a fruit of the spirit. Backstabbing is not a fruit of the spirit. Church hopping. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. And if a man can't submit to his pastor, he can't submit to you. When I, if I was dating somebody, I got to see their relationship with their pastor. And their church. You just can't. My mama told me when I was a kid. Can I tell you what my mama told me? She said, just because it's in your yard, don't bring it in your house. And some of y'all go to folk garage sale and you bring what they put in their yard in your house. And some of that stuff got lice in it. And some of that stuff is all mixed. Oh, Lord. Well, I got quiet on these first three rows. If y'all can't say amen, just rub your stomach or pat your head or do something. You can't bring everything in your house. Because it'll disrupt your whole house. It'll mess up the peace in your house. And so God's not going to let you bring nothing in your house that's going to mess up your connection with him. God has given us all things that pertain to life and not gossip or jealousy or envy or codependency or neediness or manipulating folks to get your way. That ain't the fruit of the spirit. That's not a virtue. That's not a strength. Tricking folks to get your way. Being somber and sad to get your way. That's childishness. And if you need to go to the nursery, it's down the hall. But it's time to grow up and put your big boy pants on and say, God, I need to make some real changes in order to maximize my life. Y'all married? You don't want to argue every day. Who wants, to, who wants to live in a constant state of adrenaline? And that's how some people live, in a constant state of adrenaline. They triggered all the time. What you looking at? Jesus. We had a woman in our church, and the girl was, if you're happy and you know what, shake your meds. If you don't get a miracle, you better get some medicine. Did you hear me? If you don't get a miracle, get some medicine. And when she wasn't on her medicine, 
I remember we ran out of paper clips. And I said, oh, we don't have any paper clips. We don't have no paper clips. I was like, I can go down the street and get some. But when you don't have a life of godliness, you're tired and triggered all the time. When you don't have a life of godliness, you ain't got nothing to reach back to. So you got to get vengeance, and you got to get equal, and you got to give people a piece of your mind, and you're always tired, and you're always drained, and you're always frustrated, and you're always mad, and you're always disagreeable and contentious, and God doesn't want you to live a life where you're always tired. You go to bed tired. You wake up tired. You're always frustrated. You're living on the edge. God wants you to live a life filled with life and godliness. Lift up your hands and repeat after me. And I hope this, this doesn't offend anybody. And I hope nobody gets mad. But I want you to repeat after me. I don't need alcohol. I don't need marijuana. I don't need a HBO and Cinemax and pornography. But what I need is a deep relationship with God based on trust, based on security, based on love. That's what I need. Why do I need this? Why do I need this? Come in. Open that door. Go out the door and come in the door. I'm going to tell you why you need it. Go out the door. Now come in. Because something's going to come through your door. Come on in. Wait a minute, go back out again. You need to do it. Give me more energy. Give me, give me more. You're not giving me enough energy. Get, come on, give me some energy. And come on, come on. There you go. My, there you go. The best actor in a, in a drama. Boy, Charleston Heston ain't got nothing on you. My sister got killed in a terrible wreck. And I didn't know you could hurt so bad. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Melanie went through a back window in a terrible car wreck and died. And I was so low, if I sat on a curve, I could swing my legs. I was low. And I remember it, my mom, it messed her up. My dad, it messed us up. We were messed up. We were tongue talkers. We were fifth generation Pentecostal church folks. And she was the only person that died in the car. And so deep down within, nobody wanted to say it, but we kind of felt like you should have took somebody else. We get selfish. It was our sister. When it's you and it's personal, things could get ugly. But in times like that, you got to reach back and have something in God to help you cope with the feelings that you can't really express. And my mom was going through some challenges and my mom said, we all going to church. And we went to church and everybody in church was like, they're here. Why are they here? And some lady walked up to my mom and said, 
um, Sister Ziegler, why don't y'all take some time off? Because they were uncomfortable. They didn't know how to deal with us. And we just came to church. And, and my mom said something that I'll never forget. And this happened over 24 years ago. My mom said, we ain't got no place else to go. That's why I don't come to church to split a church. I don't come to church to raise cane and fight over carpet and fight over lights. And I don't come to church because I barely made it back after the death of my sister. So I don't have the energy to invest in anything but life and godliness because I can know just like that the person sitting next to you can be gone and there's nothing you can do about it. I found out that something can happen so fast and before you blink it's gone. And you got to pick up the pieces. And in those moments you got to decide is it worth me going with God or I need, do I need to go find something else? But in times when your life is falling apart Put it in the hands of the person that can put everything back together. And that person is not a denomination or a job or money. That person is Jesus Christ who is able to breathe new life. Put your hand on your heart. Has this ever been broke? And let me tell you something. There is no deep disappointment without deep love. People can't disappoint you if you didn't love them. And how many of you can wave at me and say, I've been disappointed once or twice, maybe three or four times in my life by people who called themselves Christians or the people with my same last name. But through it all, on a Sunday morning in September, I am still here because I got something in my reserve. I got a relationship with God that's bigger than my relationship with people. And when I'm afraid and when I'm lonely, I turn to him and he knows how to comfort me in my most desperate moments in my life. I feel like giving God a praise right about now. Why don't you help me praise him in this house if you know what I'm talking about? He will be there at the best possible time that you need him. Let's deal with it. Bad things happen to good people. Bad things. 27 people were singing just as I am and a man started shooting them like dogs. 27 folk were worshiping and a man started shooting them. And we, as a church, what we have to do, what we have to do, come here, come here, come here, come here, back up, back up, back up, back up, back up, back up. Pick all this up. And many of you don't want to acknowledge it. But this is your life. 
Sometimes you're just picking up pieces of your life. And you're trying to stay focused while picking up the pieces. I'm talking about when your mom and dad divorce and you got to pick up the pieces. I, I don't, I'm talking real stuff today. I'm talking about when your husband no longer looks at you or desires you and you have to pick up the pieces. When your kids go to a secular university and they come back telling you that there's multiple gods and maybe you're wrong and you got Pick up the pieces. You got to maximize when you're broken. Ha! And you got to pick up the pieces and bring them to the altar and lay it down. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. And then walk away. And say, God... How you gonna get this mess together? My friend Charles. I love Charles. He's my family. He left South Carolina, he left the South, came back to West Virginia. I don't know why Charles left me, but he left me and come back to West Virginia. And just the other day, Charles got the big C diagnosis. Been on chemotherapy. They started a church. And between Halle and Luya, thank you and Jesus, Charles got this diagnosis. But let me tell you something. The greatest words that you ever can get in the middle of a distressful situation, this too shall pass. And you got all this, and some of y'all got all this going on, and nobody know it but you and God. You got all this, and wait a minute, at one time, and you're trying to worship with all this. You're trying to stay focused with all this. You're trying to press with all this. You're trying to give God what belongs to him with all this. You're trying to go to work. You're trying to raise the kids. You're trying to get them to soccer. You're trying to get them to baseball. You're trying to get them to gym. You're trying to get them to vacation Bible study. And you got all this in your hand. And sometimes you want to say, I'm telling you, um, they got my, this the prettiest woman in West Virginia. I don't care what nobody say. You know what it's like to have all this at one time. And then God say, I've given you everything so you can make it through this. And you're like, God, have you seen how big Goliath is? Have you, have you seen this disc in my back that hurts every day. My knee hurts. My neck hurt. My back hurt. Do you 
know it's painful for me to take a step? And God said, I gave you all things so you can make it. And I want you to lift your hands right now. And instead of saying, why me? Why not me? Why Job? Why not Job? Why Nehemiah? Why not Nehemiah? Why Samson? Why not Samson? Why Peter? Why not Peter? And let's get to you. Everybody in this room has got to have a face-to-face encounter with real trial, real tribulation, real trauma, real gut-wrenching situations that knock the wind. Let me, let's deal with it. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? Hannah had trouble having a baby. David had trouble with his brothers. Nehemiah had trouble with Sanballat and Tobiah. Gideon had trouble with the Amalekites. Daniel had trouble with Nebuchadnezzar. Esther had trouble with Haman. Joseph had trouble with Potiphar's wife. Jeremiah had trouble with his own people. Ezekiel had trouble. Isaiah, trouble. Job, trouble. Jeremiah, trouble. Everybody that lives for God. Gonna have trouble. But Job said, Though he slay me, I'm gonna trust and I'm gonna serve him. David said, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord is gonna deliver me out of every one of them. I have been young and now I'm old. I wish I had somebody that'll help me shout. I wish I had somebody to tell the devil, You ain't got enough to break me. You ain't got enough to beat me. My mind's made up. My heart is fixed. I'm ready for God to do something in my life. Somebody, for the next 30 seconds, why don't you shout and give God a prayer? Glory. Number one, number one, when you're in it, you got to have, number one, a vision beyond your trouble. You got to see it before you see it or you never see it. In three days, Jesus had a vision beyond the grave. It's called the resurrection. It took 17 years for Joseph to get out of his mess. But when God turns it around, he'll take what the enemy meant for evil and turn it around. I don't know who I'm talking to. God's getting ready to give you press down, shaking together, running over, good measure, ah, glory. I feel like shouting. My sister been dead almost 25 years, but I'm not grieving anymore. I'm not mourning anymore. I'm not sad anymore. My sister is in the presence of Almighty God. She's all right. I'm all right. You're going to be all right. Read this. Read this. You must. Weeping may endure for a night, 
tell brother weeping. Repeat after me, tell brother weeping. Don't bring no toothbrush. Don't bring no overnight bag. Don't bring no shoes. Because in the morning, you're going to have to get up out of here. Because joy, unspeakable, and that full of glory is coming in my morning season. Jesus said, in three days, I'm going to be out of here. You know what's so fascinating about Jesus? He borrowed a grave for the weekend. He just borrowed it. Joseph said, I'm going to need it in about 30 years. He can use mine. And the first day, Jesus was dead. The second day, Jesus was dead. But the third day morning, hell got nervous. Satan got upset. On the third day, he rose from the dead. He led captivity captive. He assembled on high. He gave gifts unto men. But I want you to know that's not how the story ends. He's coming back again with all power, with all victory. Somebody shout in this house. I'm almost done. Read it again. You must have a... Beyond your trouble. Why? God is faithful. He won't put more on you. Why? Your problem is your platform. Your problem is going to be the platform to get you where you need to be, Joseph. David, you're going to be king. He fought Goliath and beat him in five minutes. It took years to beat Saul. Saul was his real giant. Goliath was a midget compared to Saul. When them women said, David got 10,000, Saul got 1,000. David got 10,000, Saul got 1,000. Saul said, I'm going to kill him. But you got to have a vision beyond the person that's trying to persecute you. And you got to get to the point where the words don't have the same effect on you. You're stupid. You're ugly. You're fat. You're this. When somebody say you fat, you know what you tell them? I got shade in the summer. I got heat in the winter. <laughs> and every man don't want a little skinny woman. Some men want meat on the bone. <laughs> I'm just, let me get off of that. Point number two. This is what you got to do. Value your relationship with God. The Lord is my light. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I be afraid? The Lord is the strength of my life. When my enemies, even my foes, came to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. This is the problem you got in West Virginia and I got in Georgia. 
when folk get in trouble, they don't run to God, they run from God. And the worst thing you can do when things turn is you turn on God. Job's wife told Job, curse God. Then she said, and Job said, God, you took my cattle. God, you took my children. God, you took my dog. Why are you in a taken mood? Come back and take her. <laughs> Come on, get this woman. Anybody tell you to curse God? Don't know how strong your relationship is with God. Anybody telling you to deny God don't know God has been the only steadfast thing in your life. Anybody telling you to turn your back on, have you lost your mind? I'll never forget what God did in my life. I'm not going to curse him. I'm going to bless him. I'm not going to put him down. I'm going to lift him up. Somebody shout in this house. Give him all this. Come give him all this. And lay it there. When you tell somebody you want them to fix something, you just complimented them. You know what you told them? I can't fix it. When you say, what's your name? Jessica, come here. Put that on the altar. Go get that. And, and, and come on. Come on back down here. Ball it up. When you say, I can't fix it. I can't fix this cancer. Pick it up, Jeff. Put it right there. Pick it up. Show it to me. You say, you don't went to him to fix it. You went to him to fix it. You went to her and you went to them and those folk. And then when you say, I'm going to just drop this, oh God, on you. Today, there's a burden on you. I don't know you at all. I've never met you. But by the express purpose of the Holy Spirit, the Lord told me to tell you, that he wants you to get in the wagon and he's going to pull you and he's going to pull everything concerning you. You are not going to drown, woman of God. God's going to give you strength. God's going to restore everything the devil stole from you. Somebody point at that woman over there and I want you to win power in your voice and victory in your sound tell her you're getting ready to get double for your trouble the devil is in major trouble because God's getting ready to give you victory somebody shout for that lady somebody shout somebody shout
not sleeping with this thing anymore. I'm not dealing with this thing anymore. This is the last day that I carry this ball. This is the last day that I'm holding on to this junk. This is the last. Hey, this is the last day. I don't know what's been going on with your first lady, but the Holy Ghost told me to tell you: drop it at the altar, give it to God, and watch what. Uh, somebody shout! Somebody shout! I dare you to shout! And when you dropped it all, the angel, you got mail, and God knows how. Put everything that you gave him. Watch this. I didn't know it was this much. Say it. Sometimes, sometimes it is that much. And you're trying to figure out how did I get here when I had all this. And God knows how to take all this stuff. Point number three, we're almost there. This is for you. You ready? And this is the hard part. Voice your breakthrough in the middle of your trouble. That's hard. Doctor just gave you a final word. Doctor just gave you some bad news. To confess the promises of God. When you're dealing with the threats from hell. Voice your breakthrough. In the midst of your trouble. Do I walk through the midst of trouble? God going to revive me. Trouble don't last always. This is just another opportunity for God to show how strong he is. This is just another testimony as I go from mountain to valley back to mountain. Voice your breakthrough in the middle of it. Anybody can shout when they get on the other side. Anybody can shout when the cancer is gone. Anybody can get happy when your team wins. But when you can praise God right in the middle of it and people looking for you to fall apart and you can shout a victor shout, that's when your faith is in the gospel. And the gospel is the good news. And the good news is not a lie because God is not a liar. He is the one who... Who's going to bring it to pass? Is this hard? Is this hard? Sister Sue Heron, is this hard? Voicing it. Not name it, claim it, blab it. I'm voicing my breakthrough. The woman said, it is well. Lift up both of your hands. And I want you to say it. Not because I told you to say it. The woman child died. 
The prophet said, is it well? And the woman said, it is well. And I want you to say it. It is well. It is well. When peace like a river attendeth my way. When sorrow like sea billow roll. Whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well. It is well. Voice your breakthrough. Say it, it is well. Put your hand where you've been hurting. Put your hand where you've been hurting. And say, in the name of Jesus, my heart is well, my stomach is well, my knee is well, my back is well, my memory is well, my shoulder is well. Devil, in the name of Jesus, I command you to get your stuff and get out of my house. I have victory right now in the name of Jesus. Somebody help me praise him. It is well. Let me tell y'all something. I feel like praising the Lord. Pastor said, Zig, how did you make it without going all over the country? And they called me and said, the government going to give you $600 plus um, unemployment. And somebody said, Zig, just sign up for unemployment and they're going to give you $600. And I said, $600? Yeah, they're giving $600 on top of it. And I said, God, what you want me to do? He said, don't do it. I said, $600? He said, don't do it. And I said, $600? Don't do it. And he said, I'm your provider. And I said, $600? He said, don't do it. And I said, do you know I got this light bill? And do you know I got this electric bill? And, and do you know we got car insurance? And I said, $600? $600? Don't do it. That's what he told me. $600? Don't do it. And I said, well, Every year, it's just us in here. We, they go, my cousins right there. So it's all oh, y'all. You look like my uncle Charles. You look just like him. You just need a little darkness to you, and you'll be Charles. Watch this. Every January, a man sends me about $10,000. Every just January. He's been doing it for the past five years. And then. He didn't send the money. And I said, well, God, let me help you. Let me call for him to send me the money. And the Lord said, don't you do it. $600? $600? I said, let me just tell him you forgot to send the money. And the Lord said, don't you call. And then a woman called me. And a woman, well, she texted me on Facebook. And she said, Jonathan Ziegler, in November, I was going to commit suicide. And I came to hear you preach. And you prayed for me. 
and I got delivered. Do you remember me? I said, honey, that was 5,000 heads ago. That was 5,000 demons ago. I, I don't remember you. I can't say that I do. And she said, I've been saving some money, and I want to send it to you. Can I have your phone number? I said, no, ma'am, I don't give out my phone number, but you can send it to our P.O. box. She said, no, I need to talk to you. I said, we can talk over Facebook. She said, no, 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 I need to talk to you. I said, and you know I'm black. I said, how much is it? She said, $10,000, I gave her three phone numbers. She, she sent that check. I said, I was trying to get 600. God was trying to give me 10,000. Then the man who loves Jonathan Ziegler, his secretary called. Bishop Ziegler, I'm the secretary. And um, Brother Cyrus said, look for something in the mail tomorrow. I said, I'm trying to get $600 and God trying to give me Her money and his money came in the same two days. Voice your breakthrough in the middle of your trouble. God knew I needed it. God didn't want me to beg for it. God didn't want me to fleece old women for it. God didn't want me to go on TBN and beg people for money. God wanted me to trust him. And if you trust and never doubt, he will surely voice your breakthrough. Last point. I was in my house by myself. And I got, I opened up that FedEx. And they put a nice note in there. I ain't read that note since. <laughs> I just got that blessing. And I said, God. You the baddest man in town. And I started shouting in my house, praising God in my house. I went upstairs and I, it was still on me. And then I got in the garage. This blew my mind. Marcus Lamb from the Daystar Network called and said, Jonathan, how you doing? I said, I'm doing better since I'm talking to you. And he said, I got something for you. And I said, like that old woman in Alabama, when they gave her that snake, send it on down. <laughs> send it on down. When you praise God, in his presence is the fullness of joy. But at his right hand, pleasures. You delight yourself, he'll give you the desires of your heart. 
If you rest in the Lord, verily you shall be fed. If you're going to get the max out of God, trust him. Develop a deep relationship with him. And when your time comes, he'll be waiting on you. At the point of your need. I wish I had a witness in here. Wave at me. Wave at me. Look around. Look, 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 look. All these folk waving. Never forsaken. Never abandoned. Never begging. Never. Look around. Look, look these folk waving. Let me, let me see the hand of somebody that was in an accident of some kind. You ever been in a car accident that you could have, anybody in here been in a car accident? Wave at me. There we go. There we go. What about a diagnosis from a doctor? There we go. How about a habit that you couldn't break? Woo. Look at that young man right there. I know why you shouting. I know why you happy. I know why you praising God. I know why them tears in your eyes. Because God came through in a major way, didn't he? Didn't he do something nobody else could do? Didn't it? I don't want these well folks to praise God. But I want some folk that been through something to praise God. I don't want these well folk. I want these worshiping folk. Come on, let's give him the praise. Let's give him the praise. Thank you for coming this morning. Standing all over the place. Woo, God. Wait a minute. I'm sorry. Anybody over here been through something? Look at there. Look at, look, look. Anybody over here? I was just all over there. Y'all didn't think I know where this street was. Look at that young man. Been through something. But got his hands up. Oh, this is my story. This is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. I got a story. Look at this young man. Lift both of them up. Lift those hands up and vigorously praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Paul Crouch was one of, I knew Paul, I knew Jan, I've been on TBN and on Daystar, but this is why I went. I, 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 the, when I came here, I didn't tell y'all, I don't know if you know my testimony, but when I went to Marshall, I went to the first lady's school, I was blown away. It, 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 I was moved. And they took me to that memorial. Sue Heron knows my testimony. Charles knows it. But I was a young evangelist in Miami, Florida preaching. I got to the airport, checked my bags in for flight 587 on Value Jet Airline. I was in line to get on the plane. A white woman in Miami, Florida, that was a miracle because white people don't live in Miami. <laughs> she came and she said, Mr. Ziegler, this is not 
your bags didn't make your plane. I said, ma'am, I checked in. She said, your plane is down the hall. And a man was in front of me, and he said, I can't believe they're doing this to you. He said, I'll see you in Atlanta. I went down the hall with that woman. I was mad. I was stumping. I got down the hall, got on the plane, went to Atlanta. Unbeknownst to me, that flight took off from Miami and exploded and killed all the passengers. But guess what? They left my name as one of the persons that died. They called my mother and told my mother that there was an accident. Now, dumb me, I got to Atlanta and nobody was there to pick me up. I was supposed to be dead in the Florida Everglades. I took a taxi home and my mom was screaming and hollering. And I walked in the room and my father said, I told you Johnny Earl wasn't on that plane. My grandmother came, my family came, they were crying, they got the news, and they said, what happened? I said, a white angel got me out of the line. Now, I don't care what y'all say about white people, give me all the mayonnaise you got. <laughs> they say whatever they want to say about white people. I love me some white people. <laughs> Whatever y'all eat, I'm going to eat it. That woman came and got me and said, you're playing down the hall. Touch me. I'm not a ghost. And I'm not some super duper something. I'm just an ordinary person that believes God can do anything. And if you can believe God to do anything... God will do everything you need him to do. I was supposed to die in 1996. And somebody said, Zig, are you going to fly again? I've flown all over the world since then. I said, my chances of a plane going down is real low. Jan Crouch said to me, she said, you're a testimony. She said, tell this everywhere you go. I said, Mrs. Crouch, you ain't never got to worry about that. God delivered me from a plane crash. And when I went to Marshall and I saw those folks, I said, that was me up there. But God. Lift your hands, everybody, everywhere. That young woman yonder, that's your mother, God did something for her love. Vigorously pray. This young woman right here, God did something for that woman. And that one yonder. I want you right now to say, I'm ready to maximize my life in God. I'm ready to live it to the max. I know the ball game's on. I know you got to get the Ruby Tuesdays. I know you got to get the Texas Roadhouse. But anybody want to match Jesus? First lady, didn't we tell Haley, God's going to answer your prayer? 
Put your hand on somebody and touch a miracle. Touch a miracle. Put your hand on a miracle. And look at them and tell them you should have died five years ago, ten years ago, last month, last week, three months ago. But God lets you live to tell your story. If anybody ought to be shouting, it ought to be you. Somebody help me. Praise God. Praise God in this house. Come down to this altar. If you need a touch from him, come down here. Cancer and all. Diabetes and all. High blood pressure and all. And come with your hands up. If God can deliver me, he can deliver you. Come on down here with your hands up. Look at that miracle. <laughs> Look at that miracle there. Look at that miracle right there. Look at that miracle. Look at that miracle right there. Look at that miracle. Look at that miracle. something all over you come on up come on up come on up oh god i feel the glory of the lord all over you woman god's getting ready to take you higher than you've ever been in your life She's so drunk she don't know what to do. She been needing this Holy Ghost touch. She been needing this Holy Ghost revival. More Lord. More Lord. More Lord. Somebody shout. Somebody. My, my God. Somebody shout. Shout. Go on and shout. Go on and shout. Go on and shout. Vigorously praise God. Vigorously praise God. You needed this baby. Come here, honey. Put your hand on her. My God, the Holy Ghost is using you in these last days. Put some, put your hand on. Hey, in the name of Jesus, let the... He's here. Vigorously praise God. Vigorously praise God. Vigorously praise God. You needed this. She's so drunk. She's so drunk in it. Oh, God have mercy. Boy, you got a drunk wife. You got a drunk mama. Oh, Holy Spirit. Lift your hands. Put, put that verse up there about life and godliness. Put that verse up there. Today. Oh, y'all better watch her. Y'all better watch her. Stay with her. Stay with her. What, read this verse. As his divine power has given to us all Things that pertain to life. Oh, he's here. Shh, listen. Somebody in that audience, you just need to come down here. Stop being afraid. 
Stop being scared. God's got something for you. God's got something for you. For the next 60 seconds, everybody start praying. Somebody needs to come to this altar. God is calling somebody 